0: The following podcast is a dear media production.
1: Mari has grown her two fitness and nutrition brands. Co founder of Bloom Nutrition, Orbs 30 Under 30 list, a successful entrepreneur, someone who has lost 90 pounds. Today's guest is Mari Llewellyn. Mari Llewellyn. My friend Mari. Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellness. Hi guys, welcome back to the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. Before I hop into this episode, I want to announce our huge Bloom Black Friday sale, which is four days long. It's from November 24th to November 27th for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's up to 50% off the entire Bloom website, which is www.bloomnew.com. Greens are starting at over 30% off for Black Friday. It's also 31% off Bloom products on Amazon. So, make sure you check out this sale guys you want to be stocked up whether you are gifting greens for the holiday season or you want to get ahead of your new year's resolution now is the time to get all your greens cuz this is the biggest sale i think we've ever ever done so check that out today i am excited to be chatting with mike kerbin the co-founder and executive chairman of vitacoco the biggest coconut water brand in the world. My company, Bloom Nutrition, recently collabed with Vita Coco at a pop-up on Melrose, and we have even bigger, more exciting things on the way. We organically noticed that everyone was mixing their greens with their coconut water, and it's the perfect team up. The greens in coconut water, by the way, guys, really does slap. So if you haven't tried that yet, highly recommend it. So today, we are talking about what it takes to build a global brand or just how to start your entrepreneurial journey in general. Mike is here to tell us all about it. He shares insights on everything from marketing strategies to the future of the beverage industry. He also opens up about his own personal journey as an entrepreneur, including the challenges he faced and the lessons he learned along the way. He told me a hilarious story about him on rollerblades through New York City, basically selling coconut water to bodegas, which I absolutely loved. But this is so much more than a business story. Mike's story is also one of resilience and perseverance. He overcame many challenges to build one of the world's most successful beverage brands. He's so passionate about using his platform to make a positive impact on the planet. And I really applaud his philanthropic efforts as well. Today, we talk about success and sustainability in business, building Vida Coco. The characteristics you need to be a successful entrepreneur. Do you have to be born with it? Not being afraid to fail. Is there a perfect moment to start? Mistakes from the beginning and growing pains. Health benefits of coconut water. Bringing celebrity investors on to help build the business. The Coco project and how they have helped build communities and impact farmers around the world. And advice for young entrepreneurs and when to take the leap. I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. I absolutely love Mike and the Vita Coco team. It's been a pleasure working with them, and I learned so much from him in this conversation. Don't forget to check out the Bloom Black Friday sale, put it in your calendar. You don't want to miss it. Without further ado, let's hop into this conversation with Mike. Today on the show, we have the co-founder and executive chairman of the largest coconut water brand in the world, Mike Kurbin. Mike is a highly successful entrepreneur who co-founded Vitacoco back in 2004. And since then, Vitacoco has become one of the most recognized and respected beverage brands in the world with distribution in over 30 countries. His success is not just about building a great company. He's also deeply committed to sustainability and social responsibility. And Vitacoco has become a leader in promoting ethical and and environmentally conscious business practices. You guys may have seen people are mixing their bloom greens with Vitacoco on TikTok and all over social media. So it's definitely become a trend for our companies to overlap. In this episode, we'll be exploring Mike's journey as an entrepreneur, the story behind Vitacoco, and the future of the beverage industry. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome Thanks. to the show.
0: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Where did you grow up? What, did you always know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? What was your story?
0: I always knew I'd wanted to be an entrepreneur. Actually, my father, my grandfather, my great-grandfather were all entrepreneurs. Um, there's not a male in my entire extended family who's ever gone to college. Um, and pretty much, I don't think anybody's ha- ever had like a real jobby job. Like it's been all entrepreneurship. A lot unsuccessful, some somewhat successful, um, but I always knew that I wanted to do something on my own.
1: Did you... Thrive in school, like how? How were you as a student?
0: Um, I thrived socially, um, academically. It was a disaster. Um, I grew up with learning disabilities. Always struggled in school. Teachers used to always say, "Like, how are you going to have a job if you can't read, you can't write?" And I was, I would, I would always say, "I'll have a an assistant or a secretary." Well, it turns out we have spell check and everything else. I don't even need that anymore, right? So, I think you know, building a business in a time with all the technology around to, you know, help compensate for the learning disabilities that I have and have had, I think has been amazing, yeah.
1: It's funny because I feel like a lot of the most successful people I speak to struggled in school. I mean, my husband, Greg, CEO of Bloom, he struggled majorly in school and he had learning disabilities as well and now he's crushing it. I personally struggled in school. It wasn't something I thrived at either. So I do kind of feel like that's a common Theme with people who are successful.
0: I think it gives you like when school doesn't come easy and you struggle there as a as a you know at a young age. I think you're always kind of driven to almost prove yourself. You no, know? and um, everybody growing up thought I was going to amount to nothing, um, except for my family. Right, my father was very positive and always you know you're going to start your own business and you're going to be just fine and you're going to do your thing and so on and so forth. Um, but like at school and around school, it was always a lot of negativity. And I was always like, "Ah, I'm gonna prove these guys wrong. And that was my motto, like through life.
1: What was your household like? Was it supportive in your entrepreneurial journey?
0: Yeah, so I grew up with my dad, a uh, single father, and um, he was all about positivity and and you know like even I mean it's funny as we would talk as a little kid about religion, he would always say he's a stewist and I'm a Mike'sist. And it's like you believe in yourself and you talk to yourself and you you know you 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 manifest positivity, you manifest things happening that are positive and things that you want and want to go get. And that was kind of how I grew up with this incredibly like focused, positive attitude that you could do whatever you want to do. You just got to put your mind to it and you've got to like, you know, go after it. You know, I've always, always been that way in everything that I've done.
1: And it shows. I think that's really interesting and a great way to grow up. I find that myself included, a lot of people struggle with that, overcoming that feeling that you don't deserve success or it wasn't meant for you. So you felt like you you were meant for success from the beginning.
0: Yeah. And what is success? I, I mean, I still don't know if I'm successful, right? It's like, I feel like I've accomplished a lot. I feel like I have so much more to accomplish. And like that goalpost is always moving Yeah, um, and always wanting to do, you know, more to accomplish more. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, I've created successful businesses. I've I've done quite a lot, but there's always more to do. And, and I think that's what motivates me.
1: What do you think are some of the major characteristics that you, do you think you should be born with them or they can be learned over time to be a successful entrepreneur?
0: Um, I think you have to, you can't be afraid of failing. And when you don't come from like so much, whether whatever that means, like if you're not whatever is great at school or you're not like the best athlete or you're not like whatever it might be, um, you're a little less afraid of failing, right? Because you're not like on a pedestal at a young age, for example. And I think there's something to that with entrepreneurship. It's like, okay, if I fail, who cares? I haven't done much or I haven't done anything yet anyway. Um, and I think that 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 belief that failing is not the worst thing in the world allows you to create so much success as an entrepreneur. Um, I think if you're, I know so many people who want to be entrepreneurs and they're just, they're constantly afraid to take chances. Yeah. And at that, that's, you just hit a wall every time if, if that's your attitude, right? It doesn't work as an entrepreneur. Then you go and you get a job and you, you know, become a consultant or a lawyer or whatever it is and you work your way up and so on and so forth.
1: I feel like a lot of people wait for that perfect moment. They There's want, never
0: a perfect moment.
1: They want the stars to align and for someone to give them permission and for everything to feel just right. Would you say when you started Vita Coco, it was the perfect moment?
0: So I, I actually dropped out of college. I went for a year to college, uh, University of Alabama. I had a blast. It was so much fun. But then I realized I was kind of like not doing anything, um, and I wanted to do something. And I started my first business after I left school. Um, and then about eight years later, I started Vita Coco. And I did it as a side project. Like Vitacook was a little side project as I was building my other business. And then that kind of took off and now I've got both businesses, you know? What was the first business? It's a computer software business that I started when I was like 19, um, which I still have today. And, you know, so was it, was I looking for the perfect moment to do something? No, I was, you know, Visiting a friend of mine in Brazil after you know he had moved to Brazil, um, American looking for something to do there, and coconut water was everywhere, and it was like this healthy alternative to Gatorade, and everybody was you know drinking coconut water as a health and wellness drink, and thought well, maybe there's an opportunity in the U.S. and that was it. It was not a you know oh it was not overthought. I never had a business plan. I just felt we could build something. Let's try. <laughs>
1: I was shocked when I read this statistic that hair loss affects over 80 million Americans. It's so common that by 35, two thirds of men will experience some form of hair loss. And it's not just men. 40% of Americans who experience hair loss are women. I see a lot of people posting about postpartum hair loss. I personally experienced hair loss when I went through COVID. So I feel like we can all relate to this in some way. And that's where Divi comes in. When lifestyle blogger Danny Austin went through an emotional hair loss journey, she took it upon herself to research and learn about the importance and routines behind scalp health. It was in this exploration that led to the creation of Divi's first product, a scalp serum that improves the appearance of breakage, nourishes hair follicles and removes product and oil buildup. There are some key ingredients like copper tripeptide, caffeine, tea tree oil, amino acids and hyaluronic acid. Divi is good for those with hair shedding or thinning due to stress or postpartum menopause or any other medical related conditions scalps with a lot of product or buildup, anyone with a dry scalp, those who wear tight hairstyles or extensions like me, anyone looking to start a healthy scalp routine. Do you want to take back control of your hair and scalp health and do it with clean science-backed ingredients? Well, we have a special offer for the Pursuit of Wellness audience. Go to diviofficial.com slash pow or enter pow at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's use diviofficial.com slash pow for 20% off your first order cozy season is here and I'm spending more time in my bed lately. The mornings are crisp, the evenings are getting colder, and I really want that cozy bed feel like we all do. And that's where Cozy Earth Bedding comes in. It was named one of Oprah's top things in 2018. Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature-regulating and incredibly soft. Greg and I like to keep the house pretty cold while we're sleeping. So this is perfect for us. Reinvent your sanctuary with cozy earth's luxurious bedding collection from pillows to sheets and blankets. Indulge in the ultimate luxury. I always talk about how important sleep health is. And I have to say, I'm kind of known for my sleep score. And bedding is a crucial part of this. I feel like if you're going to invest in anything, it should be your sleep Hygiene. Sleep with confidence thanks to Cozy Earth's generous warranty, luxury bedding essentials that provide peace of mind and endless comfort. Make every night a five star experience with Cozy Earth's responsibly sourced temperature regulating bamboo viscose bedding. Plus, if you're looking for gifts this holiday season, you can make your nights extra cozy with the Cozy Earth pajamas made from ultra soft viscose bamboo and available in two limited edition festive holiday hues. I can't wait to get my pajama game on. You can also begin the holiday season by giving the gift of relaxation and pampering with Cozy Earth's premium bath products. Choose from any bath collection and transform a bathroom into a luxurious spa-like experience. I feel like now is the season for self-care and we should all be tapping into that. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today, up to 40% off site-wide when you use the code PURSUIT use the code Pursuit for up to 40% off site-wide at Cozy Earth. Did you have any failures at the beginning or any big mistakes?
0: Tons. How much time do we have on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was It was um, because I didn't have a business plan and because it wasn't overly thought through, I think... Um, That enabled us to be super flexible and move quickly, but we made a lot of mistakes. I mean, you know, one of the biggest and I think, you know, most fun to look back on, but most horrible at the moment was when I imported our first shipments of Vitacoco. I went around, sold it to retailers, pre-sold it. And I was like, so excited. We're launching next week. We've got this big launch and everything else. We spent all of the seed money we put into the business on product, So product is, you know, three shipping containers of product coming to the U.S. The day before they arrive, uh, the shipping company calls me up and says, I need your um, FDA number. Uh, What is what FDA number? Like, what what do you need? Oh, well, we need it registered with the FDA. I'm like, oh, I didn't do that. I didn't know. How do I do that? And they're like, "Eh, this could take three months. And during that time period, you can't import the product. You can't start selling it. Either you have to put it in an FDA warehouse, which will cost you $30,000 a month, or we have to destroy it. And she said something like, or you can export it. I said, export it? She goes, yeah, you just can't bring it into the US. You could ship it back to Brazil or wherever it came from, or you could ship it somewhere else. And I realized that I had met this beer distributor in the Bahamas at a trade show a couple months earlier. I called him up. I asked him if I could ship him all the product. He's like, I can't sell that much product and I'm not going to buy it from you. I don't know if it's going to work. So I got on a plane. I went to the Bahamas, shipped the product there, got a rental car, spent weeks going door to door selling in bars, restaurants, people's homes, anywhere you could imagine and built a little business in the Bahamas. Wow. Sold most of the product, made our money back and then started like four months later in the US.
1: Rather than destroying all of it. I wasn't
0: going to destroy it. I was going to find a way to sell it.
1: How much? Uh, how much was in that that inventory?
0: Fifteen thousand cases, or something like that. A lot of product. How do they
1: ship coconut
0: water? So we pack it. You climb a tree. You crack a nut. Yeah. You get the water. You process the water to you know treat it so it's sterile, and you package it in a in a tetra pack, and then you box it and ship it ready to go to the U.S. from from the you know, point of origin, right? So if we're producing in Brazil or we're producing in the Philippines, it comes from there, ready to go to the grocery store in a box that you would see in the grocery store.
1: At the time, was coconut water or coconut products in general trending as much as it is now?
0: Didn't exist. In the U.S., it didn't exist. It's like you go on a tropical vacation and you get a coconut on the beach. And then by the time I got to Brazil in 2003, it was starting to show up in a packaged format in grocery stores in Brazil, but it didn't exist in the U.S. So when we launched, we were the first ones selling packaged coconut water really in the U.S. And it just so happened that that same exact week that we launched another brand launched at the same time. A guy from, you know, from New Jersey who created this brand called Zico and started selling it in New York at the exact exact same week.
1: How competitive are you?
0: I'm a little competitive.
1: (laughs) I would imagine.
0: (laughs) I would imagine. I'm a little, I'm not like aggressive competitive. Um, I'm competitive. uh, I think I'm competitive with myself. Um, And uh, I always want to, you know, if I start something, I always want to, do as best as I possibly can. And when this other brand of coconut water showed up, for example, I mean, it was war. We went to war with this poor guy Um, and he fought back. And it was like this battle for years of like, it was the coconut water wars. And it was amazing. We had a great time and eventually, you know, they don't really exist anymore.
1: (laughs) RIP. Yeah,
0: exactly. Sorry.
1: So what did you do to differentiate Vitacoco from Zico?
0: So first we out hustled them. It was literally like out hustling them in the streets. I realized that, okay, this is a long time ago. Rollerblades were still kind of cool. I realized that I could hit a lot more stores on my rollerblades in New York City than I could walking. So every day put on the rollerblades and I went store to store and I would hit more stores than he could hit because I was flying around town, right? And it, so it was like every little advantage that we could get, we took. Um, and we just, you know, we you know, found a man in a van to deliver the product. I would sell all day long and then he would deliver it the next day and I would do the bookkeeping at night. And then, you know, sometimes during lunch, I would stand in stores and hand out samples and just slowly just build the business, you know, just grinding away. So this was before Zoom calls. This was this was basically before the internet.
1: <laughs> so you couldn't you couldn't just hop on a call with the different
0: stores. Like you were no, physically
1: gl- going. You
0: had to go to a store, yeah. And there was no D2C business. So I couldn't it was it's like the old-fashioned way of building no social a business, media. No social media.
1: That's insane.
0: No. No, we were one of the first beverages to ever sell on Amazon, and that was like 5-6 years after we started.
1: Wow. So what were your selling points trying to convince people to sell Vitacoco Cocoa in the store?
0: It was nature's Gatorade, right? It was like you sell all this Gatorade and Powerade, and now there's this natural, you know, version of it that is incredibly hydrating, and consumers drink it after working out or after doing hot yoga or whatever it is. Um, and you, you know, you have to carry it, and then they would, they would, you know, fight me on that. They're like, "This is really weird. It's a strange thing. It's the water from a coconut, but it doesn't really taste like coconut. It tastes more like water with a with a slight texture and a sweetness." Um, and so it was a bit of a, you know, it was a bit of a battle and I would go and I'd put product on the shelf and say, watch, it's going to sell out like that. And then at night when the manager wasn't there, I would go in and buy the product off the shelf. (laughs) And it was this constant, like trying to prove ourselves to stores. And then it started to work and they would carry it. And then all of a sudden winter would come in New York and they would take it off the shelves. And I'm like, what do you, why don't you sell it? No, that's a summer drink. You know, and it was like, so there's there's always this this challenge to overcome. And coconut water was definitely not a thing. And now it's becoming, 20 years later, it's becoming a thing. And it's becoming much more prevalent and much more of kind of a household staple.
1: I'm obsessed with coconut water. I love it. What are some of your favorite like health benefits of coconut water?
0: I think it's the hydrating, right? It's like you know whether it's after a workout, you jump off the Peloton and you need you know super hydration, or honestly, if it's you know after a late night out and you need the recovery in the morning, um, it's um, you know it's an incredible hydrating, loaded with potassium, which accelerates the blood flow, and it's this incredible hydrating beverage. I also like to, I'm going to sound between now talking about hangover and then where I'm going next, I'm going to sound like an alcoholic. I'm not, but I also love coconut water in a cocktail. So I drink like my go-to is tequila with a splash of coconut water. Um, It's a great mix.
1: We've been doing the same thing, like Fee. We literally were just in Austin, mm. and we were mixing coconut water with tequila. It's fantastic. It's the best. It's Maybe the best. you have
0: a splash a lime in there if you want to, but it is the best drink, and it's simple. Like when I'll have a, a dinner party, I used to put, you know, used to have wine on the on the table. Sometimes I do, but it's usually a bottle of tequila, a bunch of Vita Cocos, and a bucket of ice, and some sliced lime. I don't know and why people I, just sit around and pass the bottles around, and they make drinks the whole time. It's so easy.
1: I feel like this is a a secret that no one's sharing because it's the best drink ever. We just I,
0: let the cat out of the bag.
1: Yeah, we did. We should have <laughs> gatekeeped that one because I ha- learned about it from Miranda Kerr because she did an interview where she shared her favorite like healthy cocktail was coconut water and tequila. So I started doing it and obviously I love Coco, So that's mine and Greg's new favorite drink. In addition, great hangover hack, bloom greens with Coco. Yes. Then you're doing a double whammy.
0: Double whammy. Whammy.
1: I feel like that's why everyone on TikTok is doing it because it's the perfect way to fight that hangover.
0: 100%.
1: What was the vision for the brand of Coco? Because obviously you had this great product, but what was the vision for like who's buying it?
0: So in the early days, it was, we started selling in like yoga studios was the thing. I I had never done yoga in my life. I started taking yoga classes just because I wanted to be able to sell the product into the studios. Um, And that's how I started building it in yoga studios. And so it was, that was the consumer, right? Who you would expect to see at Bikram or hot yoga. Over time, the consumer has really changed. And today, um, the, the consumer is quite diverse, it's actually more than 50% of our consumers are non-white there's quite a big percentage of our consumption that is happening in urban environments young urban millennials gen z consumers who who are drinking and coming into the brand which is really nice to see
1: how do you guys go about marketing to those that audience, like a younger audience?
0: So what we've done is kind of really focused on, you know, usage occasions. So, um, you know, a few years ago, we realized people were making smoothies at home and they were starting to use coconut water in their smoothies. And the team started doing a lot of, you know, digital and social really focused on that occasion. And today, I think something like 30% of the coconut water usage in the country is in smoothies Mm. and used to mix with things like smoothies and also with, with products like you know, bloom and so on and so forth as a, as a mixer in this, in this, you know, context. Um, And then it's also like finding these different occasions and talking to consumers, you know, about that occasion and helping them think about what to use during those occasions, I think is a big um, uh, benefit for us.
1: And now you guys have a variety of coconut products. What do you have now other than the coconut water?
0: So we also sell coconut milk as a, like a dairy alternative. But we're now we have a partnership with Alfred, the coffee chain um, on the West Coast. And now we're expanding to other coffee um, coffee chains around the country, New York and LA, and then expanding from there with this barista blend. So it's our coconut milk that foams incredibly well. And so people who might have been using almond and then moved to oat are now looking for something with a little bit of a cleaner ingredient list and so on and so forth. And the Vitacoco barista blend is actually working really well. It's incredible in a matcha latte. It's like the best. We just actually came from Alfred and had one.
1: Okay. So I love this because I have a lot of health experts on this podcast and coconut milk is by far the best non-dairy milk option you can choose. I personally have been avoiding nuts, so I'm not drinking almond milk. Oat milk can spike glucose levels. I always want coconut and I'm finding like coffee shops aren't, they're not holding coconut milk anymore for some reason. So this makes me really excited.
0: They're going to. Okay. We're on it. Let's we're, go. we're doing it for you.
1: Okay, amazing. I'm going to keep asking until they have it in the store. Do it. Good. So we talked about success before. How has your, you know, you've done extremely well. At this point... How do you keep going? Like, Mm. what's the next vision?
0: It's so funny. I, you know, we, yes, we've had success and we built the business into, you know, this this nice size business. We're a public company now, um, trading on NASDAQ and all these amazing things that we've been able to do. But I think it's the super early days. Um, It's really like, I feel like coconut water is finally becoming mainstream. Um, I like to compare it. Lately, I've been talking a lot about ocean spray Totally random, but this is a big business. Ocean spray is like four times our size. Our household penetration, meaning we're in like, call it 10 to 12% of households around the country. Ocean spray is in 40% of households around the country, you know? And so I think about that brand, they take a cranberry and they have this supply chain advantage on the cranberry like we have on the coconut. And I just think the coconut is so much cooler than the cranberry. And there's so much opportunity between coconut water, coconut milk, other coconut products to really create like the ocean spray of the coconut category. That's the long-term objective.
1: What do you notice in the beverage industry in terms of trends right now?
0: Well, clearly there's a lot going on with influencer-based brands. I mean, you look at Prime Hydration, which is Logan Paul's thing. You know, there's other things that are, you know, working. Celsius is another brand. So I think one is like brands that, you know, are getting to consumers in a big mass way through, you know, content creators and all of these type of things. And the other thing is functionality. I think consumers, especially now, as they're maybe looking to save a little bit more or, you know, put their money towards better places, they're thinking about health and wellness. They're thinking about functionality. And so so, they're thinking about something a little bit more in their beverage than Premium bottled water, for example, those brands are declining. Um, Sparkling, you know, you know, seltzer water things like LaCroix and these type of things. These things are all declining because consumers want more. They want functionality. They want health and wellness. And I think that's where we play a role.
1: What do you think of the probiotic soda movement?
0: There's a lot going on there, too. There's a few brands that are doing well. I personally think it's less about the probiotics and more about the flavor. I think they're quite flavorful. And this is another thing. It's exactly what I just mentioned. So people were buying tons of sparkling waters that are very lightly flavored. So whether it's AHA, LaCroix, whatever these brands might be, bubbly, lightly flavored, they want more. So yes, the probiotic thing is a nice thing to layer on top, but these things are flavorful and they actually taste good. So I think people are buying, moving from only like drinking twelve sparkling waters in a day to maybe having one, two, or three of these type of flavorful, kind of healthier sodas.
1: It's like a better for you treat almost. It's a better
0: for you treat. Yep.
1: I really love Zevia's, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure. I don't think a lot of people do. I think they're maybe lighter on flavor, but I agree with you from a from our perspective too. The reason our greens have done so well is because of how great they taste. It's, yeah, there are other greens on the market, but they taste like trash, so people yeah. don't buy them.
0: Yeah. No, I I, I think that's true and I think it's people want something that tastes good, right? They want to do better for themselves, they want to be healthy, but they also want something that they actually enjoy, especially if they're spending real money on it.
1: Ball is here and I feel like we're all refreshing our wardrobes for new cute fall outfits and that means new shoes as well and that's where Vionic comes in. They have created styles to get you ready for the season with rich leathers and suede for your workwear favourites, weather ready boots for trips to the pumpkin patch and performance sneakers to keep you moving. Obviously I'm a huge fan of performance sneakers. I'm a big sneaker girl. I'm so active. I love walking even during the work day so I'm huge on those. I also love their mules. They have these beautiful tan mules with like a fur lining. They kind of look like slippers, but they are definitely appropriate to go out and about in as well. I love that like comfy at home look that is also appropriate for the grocery store or errands. Bionics exclusive bio Motion technology is what sets them apart. They began by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to engineer shoes that leave you feeling energized and confident all day. They even offer a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return for a full refund in 30 days. I'm huge on foot health. I think it's so important it really affects us more than we even realize. And for someone who's on their feet a lot and loves using their body for physical activity, my shoe and foot health is incredibly important me. Use code POW15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at www.vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. One-time use only. Vionic Shoes wearable well-being for your feet. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This time of year can be a lot for everyone and I feel like it's natural to have some sadness or anxiety around the holidays. It can really bring up a lot of triggers and this has been something I've spoken about a ton with experts who have come on the show but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. Therapy can be a bright spot amid all of the stress and change, something to look forward to, to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools to manage everything going on. For example, yesterday I had the craziest work day, a lot happened, but I knew that I had therapy at 4pm and it really just brought me this sense of calm throughout the day because I knew I would have somewhere to go and have someone to listen to me, even just to get my own thoughts out and figure out what my plan of action is or to just really sort through my feelings is so therapeutic, no pun intended, but it really is and I feel like it's been one of the most helpful pieces of my own healing journey. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com pow today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash pow P-O-W. You mentioned the influencer social media movement mm-hmm. with the beverage industry. Mm-hmm. How do you guys go from rollerblading store to store to <laughs> the industry now? Like, how do you evolve and keep up with what's going on?
0: I mean, it's, it's, it is evolution and it's been, you know, a 20 year evolution, right? I think we went from the rollerblades to then doing deals with Madonna and then Rihanna and these type of people who were influencers, again, even before social media Um, and they were quite influential. And that's actually, I think where our brand started to really take off around 2009, 10, 11, when we brought these people into the business as investors who were then promoting our brand on stage and in interviews and so on and so forth. And they like musicians and so on and, and celebrities are still very influential, but content creators are the more influential um, brand developers today than anything else. They actually, I think are able to, you know, drive trial and drive purchase in a different sort of way because they just have such a, a a bigger platform.
1: Yeah. Rihanna, I think, was the first time I ever heard about you guys. I was in ninth grade and I remember seeing a huge truck with Rihanna on it. And I think that's the first time I heard about you guys. That's awesome. And you're right. Uh, the, the TikTok is out there are, are moving the needle. TikTok completely changed our entire business. Yep. Um, and I think it's important to stay on top of that. Can you tell us about the Coco project?
0: Yeah. So, you know, we, the business model in general is a really interesting business model because we're buying coconuts, 3 million coconuts a day go into our product. And we're buying these coconuts from small family farms all over the, I guess you could call it developing world, the tropical world. Um, And these farmers, you know, they're not, big plantation owners, they're small family farms where, you know, one brother is a fisherman and the other brother climbs the coconut trees and that's how they support the entire extended family. Um, And so we realized very early on that we had this opportunity to help further develop these communities. Um, And we started with farmer training programs, just helping the farmers get better at what they were doing. So we have farmers who were, you know, five, seven years ago, making $1,700 a year who are now making $17,000 a year because we've taught them and worked with them with local communities about intercropping ginger and pineapple between the palm trees, helping them get much more productive coconut palms, all of these things. And as we were developing that, we realized there was an opportunity to do a lot more in the communities in terms of education. So we've built over 30 schools in the Philippines and we have all these opportunities, I think, to continue to help develop the communities that are giving us, the raw material, selling us the raw material that we're bringing to the Western world. So it's this kind of, it's really this nice program. And then on top of that, this year, uh, we launched a program planting coconut seedlings, basically is a big piece that we've been doing this for years, but now we've set real targets. And this is a way for us to not only further help these communities with better, more productive trees, but also it's a carbon offset. So it's really, you know, an interesting project for us. So this is something we've been doing for uh, 10 years now or so. Wow. And it's having a real impact in these communities.
1: So social impact was important for you from the beginning?
0: To be honest, I didn't even think about it at the beginning. Again, we didn't have a business plan, so it wasn't part of the founding of the business. It was something that happened as we started developing the business. We saw an opportunity to do more and to do better and to be impactful. And I think that's kind of that's how it came about. We didn't create the business like a Tom shoes or like a, a an impact based company. We became one over time, just because it was the right thing to do and it worked really well for our business model. And it's been a, it's become a very important part of our business.
1: Incredible. And I think it is so important to have a mission driving the whole team and the whole company. You, you need to keep that in mind every day and we, you know, we do the same thing.
0: The impact is important. It's not only like, like I said, it's not only important as a human to have as much of a positive impact on everybody you come, you know, in contact with, especially through, you know, work like this, but it also has, it, it also helps with, you know, retention of employees, recruitment of employees, consumers like it. So it's this incredible thing when a company can be successful and give back and have this type of environment, it it helps in so many ways.
1: What would you say is the most personally fulfilling part about your entrepreneurial journey?
0: I would say, and this is why I love consumer goods, much better than computer software, (laughs) is seeing people enjoying your product, right? Seeing pe- and hearing stories of people, oh my God, it it saved me in this situation. And it was, is it's so rewarding to, even to like be in a random place, like, you know, somewhere in the Middle East or somewhere in Asia and see people walking down the street, chugging this product that you created, you know, 20 years earlier in your little apartment in Brooklyn. It's an amazing, that is like an amazing experience to see people enjoy it that, you know, and you've brought it to all these people all over the world.
1: Have you been to Expo West? I'm assuming, yes.
0: A couple times. Yeah.
1: Of course, uh, yeah. It's like insane. It's
0: insane. When we started there, it was like us and a bunch of hippies. And that was it. <laughs> Are you saying that you're not still? I'm kidding. No, but it was like, it was it was really like everybody was, you know, in their yoga gear. Like, wow. And now it's become, there's everybody's there. There's bankers. There's big CPG. There's it's like Coachella. It's, Coachella. it's Coachella for natural products.
1: Coachella. Yes. And you guys had a great booth this year. Thanks. It was incredible. I, I, so I, yeah, it was my first time going this year, and I was trying to find the Vita Coco booth, and I got so lost. I was in an area that I should not have been in, but anyway, I managed to find Jim.
0: Okay, we love Jim. Love Jim. And
1: uh, yeah, the booth was incredible. Thanks. And it's so fun to go to Expo West and just see like what's trending at the moment.
0: Yeah, and then you go back the, the next year, and half of those brands aren't there. Right. It's crazy. Everybody, you know, they start something, they go there, they try it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And the ones that work continue to go every year. And then, you know, next year you'll see the same people selling something completely different.
1: At what stage did you guys get a booth? Because we've never had a booth.
0: Um, again, the show was very different when we first started. I would say it would have been our second or third year in business. And it was a tabletop. <laughs> it was literally a table with a cloth and a banner behind us that we had printed Wow! Out.
1: Oh, you got to do a before and yeah. after of that because yeah, your know. booth is like a palace I now. I know, it's
0: a little different.
1: I was the booth this year. There you go. I had a bloom jacket on and I was like talking to people. Walking the show, right? That was honestly even more effective yeah. for our brand yeah. because I can just tell the story and meet people. It's amazing. So what advice would you give young entrepreneurs listening who have dreams of having their own business but haven't taken that leap?
0: One thing that I would say is figure out the right moment To take the leap, and if you haven't figured it out yet, take the leap. Right? I think that's like the biggest thing. It's 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 taking that leap. Especially if you're in a job and you're like, I have this great idea and I want to start something. Start it, because before you know it, your you know your work life has passed, and you know you're more focused on you know being on the golf course or taking care of the grandkids. Like you got to do it. Life is short, and you got to take you know you got to seize the moment. And I think that's probably the most important thing.
1: I love that advice. Just take the leap. I think that's huge. Thank you so much for joining us today. You guys get ready to see more of Bloom and Vitacoco out there in the world. We're so excited to be teaming up and doing more exciting projects this year. And thank you so much for joining. Where can everyone find Vitacoco? Find you?
0: You can find Vitacoco anywhere you find a beverage. And obviously all the social channels and and vitacoco.com and everything else. But um, Vitacoco hopefully is everywhere you could find a drink.
1: Amazing. Congratulations.
0: Thank you so much. You too.
1: The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes. purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Go comment on my last Instagram at Mari Llewellyn with the guest you want to see next. I'll be picking one person from the comments to send our bloom greens to. Make sure you hit follow so you never miss my weekly episodes. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to share and leave a review. See you next week.